0: Genesis 25, the 25th chapter of Genesis, verses 24 through 34, a sermon I have preached here in the past, you'll recognize the title, and I was debating again, what should I go with the new sermon, and the new sermon had to do with what my wife was talking about, about that young lady that took her life, dealing with fret and anger and and how those things happen, but I'll speak that some other time. But I've chosen to go with this because it, I think this sermon would go right along with a sermon I spoke many, many years ago called Tis the Season to be Jelly. I have a sermon called Tis the Season to be Jelly. Not jolly, but a lot of times we become jelly during this time of, you know, we get real carefree. We're Christians, we're born again, most of us. If you're not, you can be tonight after the sermon or during the sermon. You can get saved any time, you i got to do is ask Jesus into your heart to forgive you. You don't have to wait till the sermon's over. Uh, and God will come in like that. Uh, he does an instantaneous change in our lives. But anyways, during this time of, uh, of festivities and celebrations, some of you can go to your, your family and they might be drinking. And they might be smoking. They might be talking And joking. No, I ain't joking. Uh, and you can become jelly. Times like this tis a season to be jelly. But we don't want you to be jelly. We want you to be jolly. So, this sermon goes right along with that, and I've chosen that, especially for those of you that are new. I think this sermon should be able to, to hit home. It's called Easy E. Some of you remember that sermon? I think some of you might remember the sermon. Easy E. Uh, the guy did die. He did die. Easy E is dead. Beginning in verse 24 now of Genesis 25. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was what? Red. Red. Rojo. Colorado. And his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau, which means red. After this, his brother came out (coughs) with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob, which means usurper. Isaac was six years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful what? A man of the open country. Callejero, we say in Spanish. Uh, You ever heard that term? If you don't, I'm going to describe it here later on. But how many of you ever heard, or how many of you were ever called callejeros? I know Larry raised his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, these people of the streets. Uh, Ever hung out in the streets, Walter? How about you, Chucky? Not you, Stevan. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all right, all right, all right. While Jacob was a quiet man like Stevan, staying among the tents. Hallelujah. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebecca loved Jacob, which means they preferred. Didn't mean they loved love. They preferred. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, the open country, the streets. The streets can be mean. How many know that? Famished. The streets can do that to you. Right, Menzo? Right, home. Did you come in famished? Women's home? I'm going to let you slide. Ah. Famished. He said to Jacob, quick. Pronto, let me have some of your red stew. I'm famished. That is why he is to this day called what? Because he had to eat him up big. Want to eat him up big. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore with an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentils, stew. He ate, drank, and then got up and left. And Esau despised his birthright. Father, I pray we would not despise our birthrights. We would, as Nikki Cruz preached many years ago in our church, Lord God, in a conference, Lord God, in a discipleship class with Sonny and Pastor Gory, Lord God, that we would guard our anointing. We would guard what you have given us, especially that pressured salvation. That pressured salvation. We would not be jelly this, this holiday season. But we would be strong in the Lord. I bless you for your blessing upon your word in Christ's name. Everybody together said, greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord and then put your seatbelts on. Don't go nowhere. Easy E. Now, the Bible says in the book of Romans, we walk by faith. Not by sight. The tape on? Got it going now, right? All right. Part of a four part series, part number three. We walk by faith, not by sight. But yet, so many of us, even Christians, but especially non Christians, they walk according to the five senses eat, smell, taste. You know, that's what they walk, that's what dictates their life. That's what manages, that's what controls their life. How many can identify with that, especially in times past? I've said it before, I would do almost anything everyone told me to do. Uh, almost anything, hallelujah. Uh, that runs their lives. That was the case with EZE, Esau. To the natural man, to the individual, my friend, without Christ, and without the Spirit of God living inside of him, the things of God, the things that are of eternal value, are really not valued to that individual. They're very vague to him. They're very valueless. There's very little matter to them at all. They don't, they don't care about those things, the things that are eternal. Esau, the Bible says, was a man of the world, not a man of the word, of the world. His centrifugal force, and we've said it before, 2 Timothy, was like Demas. Moses. says, Demas has what? Having loved this present world. The word love means centrifugal force, like a top. You know, that's what keeps the top going, the centrifugal force. That's what keeps a lot of people going. What keeps you going? We got to love the Lord. That should be our centrifugal force. Look at Hebrews now, chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, and then verse 16. Hebrews chapter 12. And it, it's quoting here in the New Testament a lot of what happened in Genesis 25 in the Old Testament. The Hebrew writer. Chooses to use Jacob and Esau as a testimony of holiness and profanity. Okay, do you have Hebrews 12? Beginning in verse 7. What's the first word in the NIV? Endure hardship. Long sermons. As discipline. God is treating you as what? What? Sons, For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. In other words, God's going to make you go through some heavy doozies in Christianity, if you really are his son or his daughter. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, right, Esteban? And we respected them for it. How come you say amen for the first one, not amen for this one? All right. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a while, although they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His what? Holiness. Now jump down to verse sixteen. See that no man is sexually immoral, or is godless like Esau. For a single meal, he sold his inheritance rights as his oldest. As the oldest son. Okay, some of you say godless, like Esau, but some of your, your translation, King James, doesn't it say profane? He goes, a profane man. Now, the opposite of holiness, which is the last word in verse 10, holiness. The opposite of holiness is profane, in verse 16. The Hebrew writer knew what he was doing. Lenny teaches in Vossom a class on, on Hebrews. Okay, can the Hebrew writer know what he was doing and how he was setting things up here? holy means (coughs) excuse me, separate it means a cut above it means to be different, I've said it before you know, if if uh, if you want attention, get saved (coughs) because people are going to be checking you out because you're different now Uh, holy, separate (coughs) the word profane means if you're taking notes, write this down it means common you know, ordinary unhallowed Lawful to be trodden or trespassed upon. And here's a key word that I want to use. Easily accessible. Lawfully to be trodden or trespassed upon. That's the way he, uh, uh, Esau was. He didn't, he didn't give an no, oliacet. He didn't care. Then the other another definition is easily accessible. <clears throat> you ever been in school and say, oh, that girl, she's easy. That's a terrible term to be termed. She's easy. uh, Easily trodden upon. Easily accessible. uh, Lawful to be trodden upon. It's terrible to have that moniker. Hallelujah. Um, See, Esau was profane. A person that could easily be trespassed over. In other words, Esau had no borders. That were heavily watched or were heavily guarded. Are you with me? No borders. You could easily be crossed over. All right? Esau's walls were nearly all torn down. Sort of like, and I've used this illustration before, but I got it from the sermon. In other words, Esau and Jacob were like the United States and Mexico. Have you ever tried to get into Mexico? <coughs> Excuse me, wow. How easy it is, son. I'm a border guard. I'm a federal in Tijuana. And you want to get into Mexico? You know, just bring your feria, you big soca, because we're going to take you for the mordida. We're going to get you, buddy. Uh, just come on over here. Just right right in. Uh, that's, that's, that's the way Esau was. It was easy. But have you ever tried to get back? And they're still trying to get you. to Sell you want and sell you everything, you know. Uh, they'll stay at your window. You know, five, 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 five You know, okay, okay, you know. <coughs> That's the way it was with, with, with Jacob and Esau. One was easy, okay? Now the other one, uh, just like the border, it could take hours and hours to get across that border. Hours. See, Esau, to put it bluntly, was very easy. When the enemy would mess with Esau, he wouldn't even put up a fight. Uh, he would melt like butter. That's the way he was. You ever been in the men's home? <clears throat> I have. Uh, and your man, these guys, oh, let me tell you about these guys. Uh, because we have to be slick. We got to survive, out we got to be slick. So when you come in here, come in, you're tripping on everything. I know, I was there. <coughs> you know. And you hear, they stayed at the Ritz. Oh, at the Ritz. See, the devil's a big liar. All uh, right. He don't tell you that I went through the home 26 and a half months. He's not going to tell you that. But I'm telling you. And you know how hard it is to stay in the home just an hour. So they should be telling you something. They should be yelling at you. The devil's like that. He'll tell you, the minute we get to to pick up the Tyson offering, he'll tell you all they want. And if you go for that one, you're probably going to end up in hell. Tell the truth. You're Easy. You don't even put up a fight. If you want to be a Christian, you got to fight. Right. If you want to be a genuine Christian, you got to fight. Right. Don't let the devil throw you for a sucker. Right. Come on now. Be a lame. No. Uh-huh. You, you know, my devil, no, 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 no. I'm going to, no, no, no. That's not. Look at these people. They have this. They have this. they do all this stuff. Um, you got to think. But not Esau wasn't like that. That's why he was easy. Easy, easy. You know. Easy come, easy to go. Ah, there was no shame to his name. Game. He was a pawn in the devil's hands. See, I read verses seven through ten of Hebrews twelve to give you a quick overview of what Hebrews chapter twelve is all about. It's talking about being able to. What does verse seven say? The first word: endure. You got to be able to take for the gospel's sake. Got to be willing to take a punch. The devil just get you, slap you around real easy? Ah, no, Uh, no, no. no. you got to endure the chastisements of the Lord. uh, The trials, the tribulations uh, that come to all Christians. See, the Hebrew writer uses Esau as an illustration of the individual or (coughs) a person who doesn't care about the spiritual things of God. Doesn't care about the lost. Doesn't care about his church. He don't care about nothing. Uh, There's no concern. Her compassion. The Hebrew writer uses Esau as an illustration of a person who's only concerned about the here and now, and he could care less about the hereafter. you got to think about the hereafter. Ah. We're only here on earth a fraction of forever. Someday, I'm going to do your funeral. I'm going to live to be 99. But I'll also do your weddings. Ah. But you got to think about the hereafter. But the but the devil will try and trick you just to think about the here and now. Uh, forget about everything else. So Esau, he just couldn't or he wouldn't seem to avoid temptation or the so-called good things of life. Not at all. That the good times roll. whatever I said before, the devil will give you a good time, but, the, but God will give you the best time. The devil will give you a good time. That's all Esau was concerned about. That's the reason why the Hebrew writer uses him in chapter 12, because he was profane, unholy, easily to be tread upon. Didn't have no borders. He was easy. Esau had no appreciation of the spiritual things of life. He was the the one that the Bible says he was supposed to inherit his father's inheritance, Isaac's inheritance. Are you with me? He was the oldest child. He he was supposed to get the blessing, the inheritance, but he didn't care about it. Ah, See, that right had little value to him at all. See, the title deed to the birthright involved a spiritual blessing, if you read the Old Testament scriptures, to the Jew. Their birthright, first and foremost, is spiritual. Okay? Spiritual blessings. But to Esau, they didn't amount to a hill of beans, and he loved beans. He loved beans. The wonderful fruit. Ah. Where's Esau? Oh, you can always tell where he's at. Let's go on. Let's go on. Genesis 25. Getting close to the border here, hallelujah. You better get get away from San Diego and get close to L.A. See, Genesis 25 says Esau was a hunter. That he was a person that was always out on the streets. A man about town. In other words, he was like a guy like him. Tuesdays and Saturdays are one and the same. Uh, now, some people, you know, they say, oh, I'm a drug addict, but I'm just a chipper. Just a weekender, you know. And there are guys like that. You know, the people that live, they, they work 9 to 5, and they go and they party. and It's Friday night, and I just got paid. But, you know, yeah, you know. And then Monday, they clock into work. They might miss another money. But some guys can't do that. Ah, uh, to them, a Tuesday is like a Saturday. You know, there's no difference. There's a little more money around on Saturday nights, that's it. Uh, but besides, they would like to turn Tuesdays into Saturdays. I know some of you guys. Uh, to Esau, getting his father's inheritance or his birthright just wasn't worth it. It meant having to be the priest of his house, to be an example for his family. He didn't want to be an example. He wanted to be Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I don't care. I don't have to be an example. I want to color my hair. Whatever I want want to color it, spike it. That's who he wanted to be. He didn't want to be an example. That's what it meant to to obtain the spiritual birthright. You had to set an example. Be a testimony. I don't want to be a testimony. Uh, See, that would mean, in today's terms, having to go to church when you could go to the game. Church? No, no, the Raiders. (coughs) Go Dodger Blue. They're on TV today. Ah, the Raiders are finally on TV. They finally sold out. Somebody loves them, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to get on none of you Raider fans. It meant having to study the Bible when you could be reading the, the Wall Street Journal or the, or the racing form. Or Playboy. Or Playgirl. That's what it meant. He'd rather read Playboy than read the Bible. He didn't want to be an example. Uh, it meant having to learn to pray and to evangelize with Jacob when you could learn to play dominoes and big six with Esau at the local bar. The choice is yours. What do you want? Ah. Uh, uh, see, Esau, he didn't want to sacrifice all that. Besides, he needed to go to our seniors and go get an haircut. Hallelujah. Not a haircut. Air cut. Uh, that's what was happening with him. Now, on the other hand, while Esau could care less about the spiritual things, Jacob was the total opposite. Jacob was different. Okay? That's what the Bible says. Jacob went, okay, after the holy things with a passion, with a fervor. He cared about the spiritual things. He wanted to be to church on Wednesdays. He couldn't wait. I mean, I love to see people hanging out in church all the time. You know, Mondays, you're here. Tuesdays, you drive by, then you come back around. (laughs) Uh, Wednesdays, yeah, you're the first one here, the last one to leave. Uh, That's that's, that's the way he was. Jacob. Uh, When it came to the spiritual things, to Christianity and things of God, Jacob would not be denied. When you study his life and you look it up close in, in the Bible, you'll find some heavy discrepancies some clever and conniving things that he did and that he attempted to do. But the bottom line was that he sought after the, the good things of God, the spiritual things. He was a con. He was a conniver, a serper. You study his life. Yes, he was. But bottom line was his heart was like David's, a heart after God. He wasn't perfect. Uh, but man, but he, he wanted the things of God. He sought after the things of God. I was, While Esau was a hunter, man of the streets. Genesis 25, 27 says Jacob would stay home with mama, with papa. He'd stay home there because mama was more spiritual than papa. Uh, sometimes that happens, ladies. But he stayed by the tents. He stayed there. He, he, you know, he, he, wanted, he learned how to cook. Ain't nothing wrong with a good cook. Matter of fact, the best cooks are men. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, hey, I love my own cooking. I'll just tell you that. I love, I love to cook. My wife knows that. I'm like, hey, yeah. huh? He'd stay home. See, Jacob was concerned over the things of God. He went after the things of God with a passion. Uh, Genesis 32 says, it's a very famous portion of Scripture, that he wrestled with an angel. And when you study the Scripture, the angel ends up to be Jesus. I mean, he wrestled over the spiritual stuff. He wouldn't even let the angel go. Not till you give me a blessing. And, you know, he fought him all night long and all, all day long and all night long. He fought with him. He wouldn't let him go. Let me go. No. I uh, want to be a defensive tackle for the Rams. I'm not going to let you go. Finally, we, you know what happened? He got to get hit in the hip. Uh, he had one of those Bo Jackson kind of stuff that happened to him. With a limp, you know. Church. Uh, he had it going on. In the spirit. Uh, and what does Jacob ask the angel to let him go in return? Does he ask for a house? A chariot? A Cadillac? Uh, he asks for a blessing. He asked for the spiritual things. Man. You could have, the Angels that ask for everyone. He, he asked for the spiritual things. That's the key. Now, where did Jacob get all this boiling and toiling that he had for God? The answer is easy. From his mama, Rebecca. I have a sermon called the Rebecca Rebuke. Rebecca was quite a lady. She was a very spiritual woman. That we all need to be like. Not just women, men too. Rebecca, if you study the scriptures there, I believe it's in Genesis 24, talks about when she was in a prayer meeting, 7 o'clock prayer meeting with Loop and the gang. Uh, Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock prayer, Saturday 7 o'clock in the morning. she just come out of a, a, a prayer meeting, Bible says. And she says, Jesus used me, sort of like that. <coughs> God used me today. The Bible says she went down to draw water for her family. Uh, and as she was drawing water, she had already gotten her water, a, a man comes uh, with ten camels. And the camels were thirsty. The man was thirsty. And he asked, the man asks Rebecca for a g- glass of water, drink of water. So she gives him the water. He takes a drink. Then the Bible says, she had prayed, God, use me. She says, you know what? I will draw water for your camels also. Ten camels that are thirsty can drink 30 gallons of water each. She was no fly-by-night, Johnny-come-lately kind of a Christian. She said, hey, I'm here for Jesus. Ain't no biggie. I got eternal life. How long is that, Walter? Long time. Uh, eh, That's all right. That's what I just let me tell you guys in the home. Work for God, guys. Work for God. Don't try and get away with stuff. Uh, No, no, no. Work for God. Work for God. Let me tell you, church. Work for God. Don't be a sissy. Don't dummy up. Work for God. Don't dummy up. Work for God. Put your hand on the plow. Don't look back. Work for God. That's the way Rebecca was. That's why she discipled her son. Uh, she discipled him to, to take the things of the spirit. Uh, I mean, when you say, I'll draw water for your camels also, that means, also means you're living in the extra mile. My sermon for, for uh, 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 the New Year's, don't miss it. Uh, don't miss it. they talking about going the extra mile. And what we say before, there's not a lot of traffic on the extra mile. But come this new year, there's going to be a whole lot of victory outreach hanging out in the extra mile. I'm telling you. Uh, You get good mileage in the extra mile. Uh, See, a lot of us know the story how, you know, Jacob and Rebecca conspired. uh, She conspired along with her son to go out to the spiritual things for the family, the blessings. See, Rebecca knew that while easy, Esau had that what's for dinner mentality, she knew that Jake... And baked beans had the, I want to be a winner mentality. Stay with me now. Don't let me lose you. See, Esau had the, I want to, what's for dinner mentality. But her other son, Jacob, had the, I want to be a winner mentality. What mentality do you have? Oh, she knew that. Man, see, I said, I'll have to say this. What do you hunger for? Beans and bologna like Esau? Or the meat of Jesus? Uh, to do the will of the Father. What do you hunger for? Esau gave it all up very easily. He didn't even fight for a pot of beans. I've said it and quoted it before and heard it from Pastor Macklin. He said, 20 minutes of bliss is not worth an eternity of suffering. And he's talking about sex. Macklin said that. Well, it got quiet on me now. Huh? But it's not worth it. I'll give it into the baloney. Huh? Tis the season to be jolly. is the season to be baloney. But don't be a phony baloney. Ah. No, he gave it up. Didn't even put up a fight. That was just that he told himself, what's the use? He said, He's about to starve to death anyways. Easy come." Easy go. Where does God build His highways? Not, God doesn't do it the easy way. God, the Bible says in, in Isaiah 34, He builds His highways on the mountaintops. It's hard to build a highway on the mountaintop. It's not easy. You've got to take your bulldozers up there. It takes a whole lot of money. It takes a lot of money to build a highway in the mountains. It huh? takes a whole lot of effort and steam and energy. Inertia. It's easy to build them freeways down by the riverside, down by the ocean side. But God doesn't do things the easy way. Have you figured that out yet? Uh, God wants you to get to the top of the mountain. Uh, see, he wasn't going to start. The Bible says the, the body can go days without food. But he, he was being drastic. I'm going to die. Ah. Uh, See, Esau had a way of stretching the truth when it came to, you know, his own self-gratification. It was easy. The Bible says Esau despised his birthright. The word despise in the Greek means he disqualified or to run out of your lane, which depicts a race. He despised his birthright. He disqualified himself. In other words, Esau, <coughs> it's like a race. Well, that's what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about a race like, uh, like the Olympics with eight lanes. Okay, on your mark, get set, go. He ran out of his lane like that. He hated competition. No, 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 okay, now I can go to the bar. You beat me. <laughs> it's all right, come on, guys, let's go to the bar, bro. I don't want to be... Church, you can't, you can't sin. No, 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 no. Church, church dirty word ah. see he despised his birthright. he got out of the lane real quick he wanted it easy didn't want it the hard way disqualified himself uh, some of you here this evening you look at Christianity the trials the endurance uh, the troubles and you don't want those headaches you don't want the hassles so you disqualify yourself right away Man, this home thing—I don't know about this stuff. Uh, I had it easier out in the world. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, Esau. I have another sermon called "Esau the Seesaw." Ay, yeah, yeah. See, that's the "what's for dinner" mentality. But you need to cultivate the "I want to be a winner" mentality. I want to be a winner. I want to make. I want to graduate. I want to go through. I want to do this. I want to be somebody. Ah, uh, I want my life to count. I want purpose in my life. I don't want it the easy things. That's simple. Ah, uh, man. Some of you have even that were involved in ministry. You're getting hurt, and you know the so-called competition of ministry, and you don't like it. And then ministry can be tough. We were talking to an individual the other day, my wife and I, on Thanksgiving. And he was talking about, while well, he was at the mother church and all the competition. And, and we told him, listen, we know about the competition. We were there. And that was 20 years ago. And we know about the competition back there. It ain't easy at the mother church. You think it's hard here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, come over there. Man, oh, man. And the, the standards are always going higher. It's difficult. And it was, it was you know, hard. So the competition happens. And some of you, you can't hang. So you disqualify yourself. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Ah, uh, don't sell your birthright for a pot of beans. Get out your eyes of eternity. Get out your eyes of faith. Esau only had eyes for the here and now. He didn't care about his family or anyone else. Only for himself. This evening, as I get close to closing, you have been chosen. You've been chosen by God. Ah, uh, to represent your family your loved ones as a spiritual priest, prophet, and king of your house. You are the heir. You've been chosen. But the decision is up to you. Yes, God has chosen you, but you have to, you know, you've got to handle the ball. You've got to keep up the walls. Handle the trials, the chastisements, the persecution, the troubles that await all Christians. But you've been chosen. But if you throw in the towel, man. See, your family hangs in the balance. Romans 9.13 says, Jacob have I, Esau have I hated. One of my favorite verses that I teach from. And again, you've heard me say this before, some of you haven't, so I'm going to say it again. When I read that scripture, I was in the men's home. And I, you know... My favorite song in Pastor Sonny's church, because it was the first song I ever learned, was, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters, lifted me now safe. Am I? Love lifted Steve. I used to put my name on it. Love lifted Steve. When nothing else could help. Love lifted Steve. So I was all in love, 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 love. So when I got to Romans 9.13, when it said Jacob I loved, Esau I hated, I couldn't figure it out. I said, oh my God, because that, that was God speaking. God said he loved Jacob, but that he hated Esau. I said, man, God hates somebody. I thought it was all about love. But then I figured it out when I read the commentaries that that verse has nothing to do with. Emotion. It has to do with choice. God chooses who he uses. See, the lineage of Jesus Christ was going to come from Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, and... It could have been Abraham, Isaac, and... But it's not. We know what now today is Abraham, Isaac, and... Because God chose... Because he was willing to take for the gospel's sake. God was not going to choose a cream puff to let his lineage, his son Jesus Christ, come from. So much is hanging on your radials. Your family is on the line. Your heritage is on the line. Your disciples are on the line. God doesn't choose Esau's that are easy. Reading the racing forms and reading the playboys and all. God chooses the people that are reading the Bible that are praying and fasting and setting themselves aside. Because there's a lot hanging on the balance. God chose them because the Messiah was going to come from his lineage. You don't know who's going to come from your loins, your spiritual loins. What's it going to come from? But the choice is yours. You can have the what's-for-dinner mentality and go into life into obscurity when you die. They didn't choose the hard road. That Isaiah built his highways on the mountains top, the, the tough, the tough road. The marines. Ah. Uh, Choice is yours. When I speak this sermon, and I may as well do it tonight, because it's on tape. I use this illustration. I'm going to use it again tonight, but you've heard some of you have heard it. There was this. Two men caught in a snowstorm. They didn't know where they were. Maybe up in Bora, Torah. You know, up in the mountains of, of Afghanistan where there's a lot of, you know, snow, blizzards. Were caught in the blizzards. They didn't know how to, they couldn't find the way, but they were looking to find the way to get back down. And when they get there, they're, they're treading along, they don't know, because it's a blizzard, and they're, they're trying to make it down. They encounter an individual who's hurt, <coughs> dying. And they look at him. They say, wow. The guy says, oh, help me, help me. No, no. You got yourself into this mess? And they look and say, man, we don't know how far it's going to be to go down. If we stop and we help this guy, We could ourselves perish. We could ourselves die. We can't do that. It's either him or us. One of them said to the other. And it really made sense to go ahead and go on. It was going to go on, but then all of a sudden, one of the other guy said, no. Nah, now nah, I've got to try and help him. I must use an illustrated sermon here at this point. (laughs) And I will use my only begotten son. Spiritual son? No, no. Physical son. For this one. And if you're listening to the tape here, what I am doing right now, my son is standing up on the chair. I am putting my son on my shoulder right now. I am walking down the aisle of the church with my son, walking and talking on the mic, almost to the very end of the church. But I don't know if I can make it, but I better keep going. I am making a turn, passing the last row, I don't want to give it a name, coming up the last aisle. My son's still on my shoulders. And they kept walking. The guy was walking and walking up the stairs. Walking down the stairs. He's scared. When all of a sudden... That was all of a sudden. (laughs) He came across the guy that didn't want to help the guy that was dying by the side of the road, dead. Thank you, my only begotten. The guy was dead because he didn't want to work. This guy was still alive because the heat the energy of helping somebody else doing things the hard way kept him alive. I want every head bowed, I want every eye closed. God changed. their names. God changed Jacob's name to Israel which means father of many nations he changed Edom's name to Esau which means red, which means pottage which means beans what do you want to be known as tonight? Beans or Father of Many Nations? God changed their names. He to Edom, which means beans, red beans. And he changed Jacob's name to Israel. Father of Many Nations. Again, what do you want as your moniker? What do you want to be known as? A person of the streets? An easy individual, labeled as easy, or a person with a heart after God that values the spiritual, not perfect, but values the spiritual. Who wants to further the kingdom of God. he will keep his hand to the plow and not look back. Her hand to the plow. The choice is yours. You want to have that, I want to be a winner mentality? Or what's for dinner mentality. There's every head is his body and every eye is closed. I want to pray for those of you here this evening. Let's see, Brother Steve, God has ministered to my life. And I want you to pray for me tonight. I want to be a testimony. I want to value the spiritual. More so than the, spirit, the physical, the fleshly. If that's you here tonight and you want me to pray for you from all of this place, I'm going to ask you very quickly lift up your hand and quickly put it down from all of this place. God, minister to your life. God bless you. Many hands are going up. Many hands are going up, but I believe there's more. Anybody else? Every head is still bowed. Every eye is still closed. So I want to be a winner, Brother Steve. I want you to pray for me. You haven't lifted up your hand yet, but you want to do so now. Quickly lift it up and quickly put it down. God bless you. 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 God bless you in the back. God bless you up here in the front. God bless you. You can put your hand down. God bless you young lady. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? You haven't lifted up your hand yet, but you want to do so now. God bless you there in the back, young man. You can put your hand down. God bless you, young man. You can put your hand down as well. As every head is still bowed and every eye is still closed. You see, I want to be included in this prayer. God spoke to my heart here for this Christmas season, this holiday season. And I want to keep my hand to the plow. You haven't lifted up your hand yet, but you want to do so now. Many, many hands have gone up. God bless you. You can put your hand up. But I believe there could be more. That's why I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Anyone else you want me to pray for you here this morning this evening? God bless you, you can put your hand on. God bless you, God bless you, you can put your hand down. God bless you, God bless you, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? You want me to pray for you? Quickly lift up your hand and quickly put it down if you haven't done so yet. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Everybody standing. Now I'm gonna ask all of you that raise your hand to make that second step. I'm gonna ask you to slip out your seat and come and bend the knee to Jesus here at this altar. Or come and stand at the altar. Come and bend your knee at the altar. Come and kneel at the altar. Whatever you want to do. But you raised up your hand. You want me to pray for you. Quickly slip out of your seat. Make your way down to this altar. Let's say quickly come. If you raised your hand, even if you didn't, but you want to be included in this prayer, I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and come down to this altar. Allow me the privilege to pray for you. I, I will stand for you And with all oh. your help right now. those of you up here on the altar I'm going to ask you to bow your head and repeat this short prayer after me but once again I would ask you to make it your own personal prayer to God to see, Jesus I want to endure I want to pay the price I don't want to choose to do things the easy way There's no value there. There's a greater reward to go the hard way. And I'm willing to do it. Any trial, any challenge, any tribulation, I want to be chosen by you. you chose Jacob over Esau for a reason and a huge purpose your son was going to be birthed out of him and out of my life you will be able to do so much more because I will choose Build the highways on the mountaintops. Sturdy, strong, steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. When the earthquakes come, I will be safe in your everlasting arms. In your everlasting arms. Yes. I don't want to settle for beans. I want to always eat at your table. Make me of good character. I'll be willing to be a testimony for your honor and glory. Knowing that the hard way is yet the best way. In your name I pray.